welcome to the First Contact Headache and Primary Care podcast. Every episode, we break down topics in headache medicine for primary care providers and other healthcare professionals seeing patients with headache disorders. The goal of the First Contact Headache and Primary Care program is to provide educational resources to empower healthcare professionals and to improve headache and migraine care for patients. Hi, I'm Dr. Mia Minnan, a board-certified headache specialist and associate professor at NYU Langone Health. Today, we're talking about diagnosing migraine and the importance of a headache history. My guest today is Dr. Brian Plato. Hi, Dr. Plato. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi, Dr. Minnan. It's so nice to be chatting with you today. Uh, So I'm Brian Plato. I'm a board-certified neurologist and headache specialist in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm the medical director of headache medicine at the Norton Neuroscience Institute. And thank you for having me today. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Let's dive into today's topic. So for primary care providers to diagnose migraine, they should know what migraine is. Dr. Plato, will you share the clinical definition of migraine? So this is one of the things that when talking to primary care providers, um, I really try to emphasize is that migraine is a clinical diagnosis. And we'll be talking more about the taking of a history of patients with headache, but Diagnosing migraine is based upon clinical features that include both the headache features and the non-headache features. And so the definition of migraine is individuals who have at least five attacks that last between four and 72 hours that have two of these following four features. So one-sided or unilateral headache, pulsating quality, moderate or severe in intensity, and worsened by or causes them to avoid physical activity. And then one of these two non-headache features, light and sound sensitivity, or nausea and or vomiting. And so those features put together is what brings us to a diagnosis of migraine. So thanks for explaining that to us. Um, I think it's really key. You mentioned a few different things. You're saying that you only need two of those four, and so you could really have a bilateral headache that's just moderate in intensity. So a four or five out of 10 in severity that has some avoidance of routine physical activity like walking upstairs and just a little bit of nausea. And it sounds to me like that could be migraine. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And this is when I am giving talks to an audience of primary care providers, this is something I try and emphasize is, um, I don't know about you, but I remember in medical school, um, this, uh, this picture of Um, these three different heads. One was shaded in around the eye and that was cluster headache and one was shaded in in the temple region and that was migraine and then one shaded in everywhere and that was tension type headache. And I think so often um, we get fixated on where the location of pain is rather than really talking through the features that go along with the headache and the other non-pain features that bring us to a diagnosis of migraine. Yeah, you're, that's so accurate, exactly what you're saying. The other thing that frequently happens is patients will tell me, well, I don't have migraine, my sister has it or my friend has it, because they have those flashing lights and so forth, but I don't get that. So is there some misconception out there about aura and, and what exactly is aura? And is that the most common thing with migraine? I hear the same things all the time. You know, someone will say, well, I, don't, I, I definitely don't have migraine because you know, I don't lose my vision. Um, and then I try to remind the patients that actually the minority of patients have aura. Um, only about 20% of individuals with migraine have aura and they don't necessarily have aura with all of their migraine attack. And with the question of what is aura um, in you know, sort of a you know, very oversimplified explanation, 
um, I like to explain that aura is the transient neurological symptoms, most commonly including visual symptoms that can occur preceding or accompanying um, the headache phase of a migraine attack. It seems like taking a headache history is really important for accurate diagnosis. So can you explain exactly what a headache history is and why it's essential for diagnosing migraine? Well, it really is all that we have. So we're not basing our diagnosis on MRI scans or blood tests. Um, our diagnosis comes from talking to our patients. And um, I think this really is where it gives us the opportunity both to learn about the patients, um, but then also for the patients to get comfortable with answering some of these questions and I think exploring things about their own headaches that maybe they've never really thought of before. And so taking a headache history, in my mind, is really walking through the steps of coming to a conclusion of whether this patient in front of you has a primary or secondary headache disorder. And then if they have a primary headache disorder, most commonly it's going to be migraine. So again, talking to the primary care audience, it's important to recognize that the vast majority of individuals who come into your office with the chief complaint of headache will have a diagnosis of migraine. And so what I try to teach is to sort of set migraine as your reference point and ask questions you know, that I think go along with either proving this as the diagnosis or leading you down another path. And so uh, your history, uh, the headache history in my mind, really should be, you know, sort of geared towards asking these types of questions, you know, that, that again are sort of leading you towards a diagnosis of migraine or you know, leading you to alternative diagnoses. And it seems like you're even taking some of those histories via telemedicine, is that right? That is right. So telemedicine is something here at our institution we had been pushing for um, for quite some time. And then, you know, the events of this year really uh, um, you know, sort of escalated the um, emergency um, opening of telemedicine. And we have found it to be quite successful. Um, you really can ask many of these questions that you need to just simply by um, remotely interacting with your patient and going through a systematic series of questions uh, that help you come to a diagnosis. So what are some examples of the questions that you might ask when taking a headache history? So I like to ask my questions um, really uh, sort of going through those, those highlighted bullet points that we talked about with a diagnosis of migraine. So the first question that I ask of uh, essentially every patient is, when did you start having problems with headache? Meaning, how long has this been a problem for you in your life? Then leading into the question of frequency. So how often are you having headache? And I find that this is probably one of the uh, most difficult uh, questions for patients to answer. Um, I think so often uh, patients don't necessarily keep track of how often they're having headache and um, when they're coming into the office, many times they might really only be thinking about the really bad ones. And so I like to both ask the question of how many days in a month do you have headache of any kind? How often do you have headache that you would rate as being moderate or severe? And then I like to also ask the follow-up question of how many days out of the month do you have no headache at all? And I find that the asking that last question many times leads to an answer of, oh, well, I actually have headache every day, but it's just those, 
you know, eight or nine ones that are pretty bad that, that I'm here to talk about. Um, and that really helps to sort of start the conversation with asking those questions. And then I lead into the other questions related to uh, the headache pain. So where does it hurt? How does it hurt? How bad does it hurt? And when you have headache, what does it make you want to do? Do you get up and move around or would you prefer to go and you know, lie down and stop doing what you're doing? And then those non-headache questions of, do lights and sounds bother you when you have headache? And do you get a sense of nausea or do you vomit? And just exactly how often does that happen? And those are, those are really the starting questions you know, that, I, that I begin with when I'm seeing patients. And are there other questions you also ask about family, lifestyle, and other things as well? I do. So, um, you know, in all fairness, as a headache specialist, and something that I do recognize is um, probably a luxury that I have over the primary care providers is patients are coming to see me for a singular complaint. And they, you know, when they come to that appointment, they sort of understand that I'm a headache specialist. And so I have the luxury of really spending an extended amount of time talking through all of these, these factors. But yes, we do ask a lot of questions about lifestyle and family history. And I would say that these are important to talk about recognizing that migraine is a disorder that does oftentimes run in families and also that lifestyle can have an impact on how migraine is treated. So asking questions, the ones that I like to ask a lot about are sleep, exercise. I ask a lot about water intake, caffeine intake, um, and then a lot of questions that sometimes are more difficult questions to ask um, about stressful life events and um, events that have happened over the course of one's life that might affect um, their diagnosis of migraine and how we go about managing migraine. Yeah, these are really uh, important pearls that you shared, especially that one where you ask patients, well, how many days of a month do you not have any headache at all? Um, as I have the same exact experience where patients at the very end of the visit will say, well, what do I do for those more minor ones? I didn't bring them up because really they're not the debilitating ones. And then you, you discover, wow, they had this baseline headache all the time. You know, that's a three out of 10 that you didn't realize. And so that, that's a key question um, that you brought up for our patients. Um, any other clinical pearls or tips that might help get detailed answers from the patients? You know, I think that the, um, the tips that I would like to give are be confident and be comfortable with migraine. Um, I think so often that um, my conversations with primary care providers, there is a level of um, discomfort that they have in seeing someone with headache with that question of what if? What if it's something else? and I need to send them to a neurologist. And what I want to inspire you uh, to do is to have the confidence in going through in a systematic fashion of asking these questions and recognizing that most likely the patient in front of you does in fact have migraine. And you know, getting to those questions that, you know, again, either you know, confirm your suspicions that this is migraine and then having confidence in moving forward and telling the patient in front of you that, you know, I believe based upon all of these factors you told me here today that you in fact have migraine. And so we're gonna talk about the best strategies to go forward with managing this condition. Well, thank you, Dr. Brian Plato for joining us today. This has been such an informative episode on diagnosing migraine and taking a headache history. Thank you, Dr. Menon. It was, it was great to be able to talk with you today. 
Thank you for tuning into this episode. Listeners can find additional information and doctor-verified resources about diagnosing migraine and more on the First Contact Headache and Primary Care website. Visit the site at AmericanHeadacheSociety.org slash primary care. This podcast is brought to you by the American Headache Society and made possible by Eli Lilly.